Welcome back to the Bound for Everywhere podcast. My name is Brittany and I'm your host. I apologize for this episode being later than anticipated. Yet again, life got pretty crazy in the last month and a half or two. Um, And I'll cover all of that in the next episode. But for this one, we're diving into part two of Jack Reiner's interview where I ask him about his journey from being paralyzed from the neck down all the way to today where he's climbing mountains. And for Jack's episode, he chose the charity Paradox Sports, which is an incredible organization that creates accessible climbing experiences for people with disabilities. So if you would like to donate to them, I have, as always, left their link in the show notes, as well as Jack's information. So make sure to follow him as well. And as I'm recording this, yesterday there was a mass shooting in boulder and if you've stayed up to date with the podcast then you know that i lived in boulder and this was at a grocery store that i would visit often so it really hits home for me um you know i have friends that live all around the area so it was really scary not knowing if i had friends there so i definitely i checked in on all my friends and as far as i know everyone's okay um But my heart just goes out to Boulder and the victims and everybody that was there and those that are mourning the loss of their loved ones. So if you would like to donate to help relieve some of the victims of the shooting, you can visit coloradohealingfund.org. I will leave the link in the show notes as well. And let's just be supportive of Boulder right now. This is a really hard time and a very heavy time. And I just wanted to say thank you to all of the police officers that were there to help with the situation and get the suspect in custody. And my heart goes out to the family and friends of the officer's life that was lost. Um, So make sure to donate and just help the victims out. And with that, I am going to go ahead and jump right into Jack's episode part two. Yeah, It wasn't, you know, I didn't talk about this earlier, but... You know, I had ICU pneumonia, so I was on a trach and couldn't breathe for basically all of December. Oh. So then you're also doing rehab. You're also getting the hole in your neck cleaned all the time. You're on supplemental mm-hmm. oxygen. Uh, you're, you know, I had to relearn how to not only like walk again, but I also ha- I had to relearn how to. I had to be a baby at 23. Like, I had to relearn how to breathe on my own swallow on my own like i like i remember the first two weeks i started eating solid foods again mm-hmm. my jaw hurt oh wow like because my dad had to like teach me how to like i had to teach myself how to eat again like yeah. crawl and then like walk and then stand or crawl stand walk and then get like finger function back all this stuff mm-hmm. um and i did it really really quickly but that's because I worked at it seven days a week. Like I took no breaks. Um, it was just, I'm like I said, I want to make this as hellacious as possible, and I'm going to. And I trained like an Olympic athlete, and like now when I look at professional athletes, I'm like, I know what it takes because I had to live that life because it was life or death. And your situation's not life or death, but I I know what it takes now. Yeah. Sort of thing, and so. That's really incredible. Yeah. Um, so now you can walk. So how did you be, well, cause we didn't talk about this at the beginning, but Jack hikes and climbs now. 
<laughs> and I so tell the story of how you got into that like just this kind of new lease on life I guess um yeah so I needed a community one because jujitsu and surfing was my community mm-hmm. and so I I can't do either one in the traditional sense ever again so I lost that and I just had it in my head I was like I'm gonna learn to climb again and that was like 20 like mid mid 2019 I put a post on Instagram being like I need help like I don't know what to do from an adaptive sports perspective I'm walking again I said everything I was gonna do but now I need some direction and fortunately you know I brought this up on other podcasts but like fortunately somebody from San Diego who ran the adaptive program for rock climbing at Mesa Rim reached out to me. It's like, Hey, let's get you on some walls. And so, yeah, I went climb, I went climbing for the first time. Like I went climbing prior to my injury, but it wasn't something, it was on my list of things to like get into, but Mm -hmm. jujitsu and surfing like took so much of my time up that just, I didn't have, I just had no extra time left. So you had never like climbed prior to starting post injury. No, I had. Oh, okay. I, like at birthday parties. And, oh, and, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I went to a gym where I grew up like a few times to go climb with this girl I knew. But uh, yeah, I never like properly gotten into it. Like didn't really have the skills or anything. And so went climbing like mid-2019 for, for the first time. And I was like, I suck at this. <laughs> like this sucks. I'm weak as hell. Like nothing works i'm lifting my legs up i'm hanging on the rope and but then i was like but i can do this so it's probably worth pursuing and it's probably the community i know the community because my brother went to montana state and he he'd been climbing for like four years by that time i was like i think you know the community is pretty similar it's outdoors i can do it in a gym too i think we should get into this yeah. Fast forward, first time ever climbing outdoors was in Kappa in Vietnam. That's so cool. Like, yeah. what a place. Like, where everyone deep water solos. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was my first time climbing outdoors ever in the most scenic place in the world. Yeah. Like a dream. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah, it was a dream. And did that, tore my hands to shreds, tore everything <laughs> to shreds. Like, I was so messed up after like one day of that yeah like i didn't move for like two days after (laughs) because one my body was all fucked up two everything was cut yeah and it makes you so incredibly sore everywhere yeah yeah it's it's just it's like when you first start training jujitsu it's a different like level of like fatigue and soreness and then after like i don't know for me it was about four months i felt like that mitigated yeah but it was the same with climbing. Like, climbing is the exact same thing. It's like, yeah, you're miserable for the <laughs> first, like, six months, I think. Yeah, I mean, even now, I still get really sore after yeah. some sessions where it's just like, oh, I know I went to the gym. I'm in pain right now from yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I climbed at 6 a.m. yesterday. I'm still in pain. And we're about to do it again. We're about to do it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, so climbed in Kappa, and it dawned on me. I was like, okay. I need to get a job before I start diving into any sort of like sports again or like passion projects. Mm-hmm. And so I got a job late December in Denver and my, there's a whole backstory to why I chose Denver, but uh, we won't get too far into that. Basically there was nothing left in me in, for, in San Diego. Yeah. I was stagnating as a man there 
I emotionally, physically, I, you know, I, I would drive down to my favorite surf spots every day. I'm like, I can't even go out there. I will drown. Yeah. So I was, and I spent all of 2019 coming to get tattooed in Denver as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just made sense and I got a job out here and I moved out here January 3rd, 2020. And Oh, I didn't realize that was just last year. Yeah. I've been here for a year now. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, that's when I, I immediately moved here with my brother who drove out here, wh- drove me out here and we immediately started climbing at a movement in Baker and yeah, just, uh, made so many so many friends like so quickly mm-hmm. like I, I knew n- two people when I moved out here my my friend group expanded to within from like two people to like 10 20 people within like six seven months yeah of being out here and that's all due to like the climbing community which is really cool yeah and it's a great community for y- sure yeah yeah it's it's been really beautiful and I want to keep that like wholesomeness and like supportive aspects Mm -hmm. in the community because you see so many of the old heads being like the community's changing. Like there's so many new people like, and there's definitely a fair bit of gatekeeping. Yeah. And I definitely fall victim to that because you and I talked about it earlier. I forget if we were talking on record, but I was like, you're projecting a five twelve C and I'm just stoked if I finish a five nine on top rope without falling sort of thing (laughs) and you know that's that's the narrative the old heads can kind of set and I don't Mm -hmm. like that and I'm still trying to get rid of that I am too yeah it's like you should it's like the person having the most fun climbing is the winner at the end of the day for sure yeah and yeah I climbed all 2020 that's all I did and then I started hiking as well so uh, I had a passion project before I got hurt in 2018, I summited to the highest mountain in Southern California called San Gregonio. Mm-hmm. Uh, did it in like record time. And I got off the peak and I was like, all right, well, I guess I should do Whitney like come 2019. Yeah. Mount Whitney. And of course, life throws you a bag of lemons. And I somehow made really shitty lemonade out <laughs> of it. <laughs> and yeah so then it dawned on me april 2019 where i was just like i still want to do mount whitney i'm walking again i'm not going to start hiking for a while because mm-hmm. i'm barely walking as it is but i think it's i think this is possible so all of summer 2020 uh, i got a permit for whitney i got sponsorship i got all this stuff i started training and i managed to do my first colorado 14er um, Which one was that? So I attempted Bierstadt, right? But what I learned was you can't climb for four hours the day before, <laughs> sleep for two hours, <laughs> and then go attempt a 14 no. as a disabled individual because your body will fucking hate you. Not even just as like like anyone, I don't think. That's <laughs> too much. Yeah, so learn my lesson. We got it to 13,000 feet. I was like, cool. I'm the only person in the U.S. has done that, but that's awesome. I didn't summit. So then we, my buddy and I, uh, Alex, in August of 2020, feels like yesterday, but 2020 was such a shit show that, you know, it just went so fast. Uh, 
but my Al- my buddy Alex and I did Bross. We're going to do the Decalibron. I was like, why would we do one 14 and we're going to do like four? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I think we can make it happen. My dumbass unknowingly, like, I only wore shorts that day because it was August and it's a 14 and it's beautiful weather. And then, yeah. like, but the weather at the top's different. <laughs> the weather at the top's way different. <laughs> and then, like, we got caught in, like, a wind snowstorm and, like, I couldn't feel anything. And, like, we took the back way up Ross, which is just, like, a scree pile, Ooh. which is, I fell so many times and it's so vertical. But I was like, well, it'll be easier on the way down. And like once we come around, you know, the corner and do the ridge line and all that, we got up to the top, summited. I cried, bawled my eyes out. Aww. Other people cried, the two people that helped me up there. And I was like, cool, this makes me the only person in the continental United States with my disability to go above 14K. That's awesome. There's only That's so cool. Yeah, so there's only other one other person in the world who's done it, Ed Jackson. He's gone much higher. He's gone, gone to Nepal and stuff. Uh, and I hope to work with him one day and I've addressed that on other podcasts. We talk on Instagram occasionally, um, but he doesn't rock climb. So he does, he's, I guess an alpinist, but he doesn't climb like you and I do. Uh And so I'm the only male in the world with quadriplegia. (laughs) rock climbing that's so cool (laughs) no there's one other woman um out of kentucky but she's older she doesn't post on social and i know she climbs but her injury is at c6 okay and so actually she's stronger than i am simply just based off the neural pathways that are affected Uh uh-huh uh so credit to her but i'm the only one doing what i'm doing as far as I know, in the world, That's which so is like, isn't that cool to say? Yeah, it's we- it's frustrating. And it's really cool at the same time because yeah. I'm like, you know, you've seen my post. I'm like, I don't have a reference point because I am the reference point. Yeah. And then when I'm in the gym, like, you know, I'm on testosterone, basically steroids, medically prescribed, mm-hmm. and so I look normal. Mm-hmm. Like I look fairly normal, and so when I'm like trying hard on a five eight. And I have to lift my right leg up because my hip flexor is lagging behind. Uh, you know, people are like, oh, you can't lift your leg up because your jeans are too skinny sort of thing. Like, I've gotten comments like that. And then I get down. I'm like, if I told you what actually the reason for that is, like, you wouldn't say the dumb shit you're saying right now. Like, I've, I got those comments, like, all last year. Like, what? Tri- How do you respond to that? Like, um usually like if i was climbing with my buddies who i first started climbing with they would be like kind of be like make a side comment be like hey like uh, you don't know this but like this kid was like paralyzed like less than just like less than a year and a half ago they're like oh waist down like no neck down um (laughs) and then immediately they shut the fuck up um as they should yeah like most people are really cool but just as there's gatekeeping in every sport climbing included um, I've definitely gotten some comments where I was just like, I was like, oh, like I got down and I'm like, oh wow, you're trying really hard. I was like, yeah, if I told you why, you wouldn't believe me. And then I, I'm like, they're like, why? I'm like, oh, like such and such happened. And they're like, how? And I'm like, I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> don't ask me. Um, but 
it's weird being kind of the only one to do mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And so I've addressed it on for the love of climbing podcast, but I got the, I have the paralyzed FA on the first flat iron and I've debated putting that on mountain project, <laughs> but I feel like that'd be weird. Why? I don't know. Cause there's so much gatekeeping involved. Yeah. But it would kind of like, I do have that. I technically have an FA and I also technically have the adaptive FA on edge of time. Like, I think you should put it on there. Yeah. I think especially this year, if we do not, if when we do East buttress, which you and I have been talking about, mm-hmm. not on this podcast quite a bit. Um, cause Mount Whitney is my Everest essentially right now. Um, but I'd like to get the FA, adaptive FA on East Buttress on Mount Whitney later this year when I get the permit. And the lottery opens Monday, actually. So that'll be really cool. I want to get the first paralyzed FA on Exum Ridge on Grand Teton, who I'm going to reach out to some people about that as soon as I get my lottery times for Whitney. Um, and yeah, that's... I think there's a lot of like low level you've we've talked about it, like low level trad alpine climbs mm-hmm. that are super doable which would but be very hard for me but I think I could lead them and I think that just makes it that much cooler yeah it's pretty things, cool you know yeah and the reasoning for that what like my inspiration for climbing was back in like it's probably like 2016. I remember watching Meru. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which you and I watched the other day. Uh huh. Um, and you did some things that <laughs> made me freak out, but we, we won't get into that yet. Um, and I watched Meru. I remember sitting down in my parents' basement, watching it prior to my injury, and being like, "Wow, that was insane!" Like you had Conrad, and you had Renan, you had Jimmy, doing this like impossible climb, basically. And I was like, "That's." And it like before I even really knew what climbing was, like it was my yeah. favorite documentary, like mm-hmm. bar none. Uh, and fast forward, um, and I watched it again post injury. I don't remember when it was sometime around 2019. It hadn't really dawned on me, but like Renan had had the same injuries I had. Mm-hmm. He fractured. He fractured his neck at C2 and like compression at C6 or something like that. And then he also had the vertebral artery um, cut and lost like half the function in his brain. And then he had all the stroke, like he had strokes on the mountain when they were attempting to climb, which was a big part of the documentary. And like it dawned on me, I was like, I was like, that's me, except he just didn't get paralyzed. Yeah. Which is just like super gnarly. So Renan's been a huge influence on my own climbing and like getting into photography and stuff like yeah he's part of the reason why I got into photography and why I get so passionate about like climbing photography and stuff Mm -hmm. same with Jimmy same with I mean and then you have Conrad who's obviously super gnarly they're all gnarly there's always somebody gnarlier than you yeah and my kind of (laughs) motto is like all right I can't be able-bodied gnarly so I'm gonna be the gnarliest disabled person Outside of like you know Paralympians who are you know studs, yeah, they're just disabled in whatever way. Um, and so I watched that documentary, and that like just lit a fire under my ass from like a 
doing big multi-pitch trad climbs mm-hmm. um and Renan and like Conrad and Jimmy have all been like that hu- like been a huge influence on me mm-hmm. as for everyone else like in, in different capacities but th- that's the re- that's one of the reasons I started climbing was I saw Renan start like training again like mm-hmm. I remember watching the documentary like a second or third time and being like dude I want to do what he's doing but I'm just going to be crippled I'm going to be the crippled version of Renan like not as cool of like a painter in that way because I know he's a painter but photography and climbing I was like cool I'm going to be the crippled version of like a crippled mix of Conrad, Jimmy and Renan in that in that regard so that's kind of like my inspiration for why I got into climbing and then also wanting that like yeah community aspect and then you put me in contact with Conrad <laughs> on Monday was it Monday yeah it was Monday <laughs> yeah. like where'd the week go it's Saturday now it feels like Friday <laughs> Uh, so that happened, which was really fucking rad of you, but yeah, that, no, I was happy to. Yeah. And so we'll see what happens with that. Um, um yeah. Cause well, Con- for people that don't know, Conrad and I have been friends for like, gosh, probably almost two years now. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, I was happy to put you two in touch because I felt like he can maybe be like someone good to have on your side and. He's just, like, the wisest and kindest human, which I told you. He's just, like, the coolest person. So. Yeah, yeah. The reputation. My Also, one of my biggest goals from even prior to injury was let your reputation speak for itself before you mm-hmm. step into a room. And yeah. Conrad's reputation speaks for himself before he w- steps into the room. Jimmy, yeah. Alex, all those, Tommy, like, all those famous climbers, like, their reputation speaks volumes for them before they even go anywhere yeah and so that's always been my goal to be that way as well and I think I'm only 25 Mm -hmm. like the next five years is going to be wild I'm sure Mm -hmm. but it kind of all starts with this Whitney project and originally we were supposed to hike it and then I was telling you and I told my other friends (laughs) and I was just like why would we hike it? Why would we suffer fest through 11 miles to 14,500 feet when we could just suffer fest through four and a half, five miles and climb a thousand vertical feet on multi-pitch trad on this, you know, five, seven East buttress climb and just end up right on, (laughs) right on the ridge line and not have to hike up in it. I was like, I think that would be way gnarlier and way more enjoyable than just like grinding out 11 miles up 99 switchbacks and all that stuff. Yeah, and what amazing, an amazing feeling that's going to be once it's done. I, I actually, when I was driving over here, I got really, really emotional because I was like looking at the flat irons. I was like, I've climbed one of those. And I was like, <laughs> remember that feeling? Like you're going to have that feeling numerous times later this year. And like I teared up for a second. I was like, I still got to do thing like it's still really important yeah and you're going to and i'm very excited to hear all about it once it's done so let's shift gears to you okay (laughs) yeah i talk about myself so often that (laughs) hence why i downplay the gravity of all my stories because it's just like it replays over and over in my head let's talk about you Brittany. (laughs) okay um hmm until last week, I didn't know your last name, so <laughs> let's get that out. Well, of the nobody way. really does. That's probably a good thing. 
Yeah. I kind of yeah. like the mystery. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone thinks I, my name's Jack Ryan. Yeah. Because that's Which what is I, like a cool name. Cause it's like, Tom Clancy. Yeah. Secret agent. Which I think I was na- <laughs> that's why I was named Jack Ryan. But uh, at least it wasn't Forrest Greener. <laughs> Which my has been confirmed to me by my parents. They're like, yeah, we were going to name you Forrest. But we were concerned you didn't get bullied. I was like, well, I still got bullied, so oh. at least we didn't make it worse. <laughs> uh, so anyway, circling back to you, Brett. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your love affair with California and <laughs> Yosemite Valley that you, <laughs> you, you know, your past fall basically was spent yeah. in Yosemite. So let's talk about your project on the nose because... <laughs> What's going to be really cool is I'm going to do all my stuff, right? Mm-hmm. These big climbs, especially this year. And you're going to go back to the valley later this year. The and spring and fall. Let's talk about your project. Yeah, so um, I, well, I've had this goal since literally, which I, I feel like I've probably told you about multiple times, but I have had this goal in my head since the first day I ever walked into a climbing gym actually even before that but that's when it kind of like really like I don't know what the word is culminated I don't know Mm -hmm. um anyway so I actually never I mean I talked about it to you know my like family and my really close friends yeah but I found that when I would like go to the gym and people would ask me you know why are you climbing like what do you want to do and I would say I'm gonna free the nose I got laughed at nearly every time of course because they were like oh how long have you been climbing I'm like oh you know like not even a month yet and they're like haha yeah good luck with that that's like like one of the hardest climbs in the world gatekeeping Yeah. yeah and I was like I noticed that every time I talked about it I was told I couldn't do it and that I was laughed at and it started to really hurt my feelings. So I stopped talking about it. Mm-hmm. And the, like I said, like the only people I really told were people like who would ask me directly or that I knew really well. Mm-hmm. And, um, I never really put it out there, mm-hmm. but I was always told like, Oh, you're like the most stoked person I know, or you're like more dedicated than anyone I've met. Mm-hmm just nobody knew why and so I have been since I started climbing May 18th 2019 Mm -hmm. and nearly every single week since then I've been training four to six times a week I have like specified my training as much as I can and I mean I still have like so much more to do and I can definitely be doing things better and I'm trying to figure that out now um but I've been working really hard without really anyone knowing. Yeah. Um, even through quarantine and everything, I worked out six times a week. I yeah. taught myself trad climbing on my coat rack. Yeah. I <laughs> she sent me the link to earlier this week. Be like, here's how you do it. I was like, I don't have a rack, but okay. <laughs> yeah, well, like, uh, I, I bought some trad gear and had a had my coat rack in, in quarantine and I was like well I can't really go climbing outside right now so I guess I'm gonna teach myself how to build anchors how to repel how to like swap leads and all of this stuff mm-hmm. and then 
when I was able to get outside, I did my first trad lead. I'd never put a cam in the wall until I led my first climb. Yeah, my first, <laughs> I didn't lead my first trad climb, but I followed on a trad climb, like, in Eldo two weeks, three weeks ago now. And, like, that was the first time I ever placed gear. Yeah. <laughs> my ass <laughs> fell so hard. Anyway. My first, like, trad climb ever even just following was in May 2020 when I went to Zion mm. and one of my friends led a climb and there was only like I don't even think there was like two pieces of gear because it was like mostly bolted but it was really run out but it was yeah. like I think it was like five six slabs so you could just like walk up it basically yeah um that was the only experience <laughs> I had multi-pitch <laughs> climbing yeah and so I still didn't really know anything and I was like I'm just gonna lead this 5-8 trad climb real quick and did and it went really smoothly um but anyway so well, just hold on hold on real quick just to preface this <laughs> what? brit climbs easy 511 yeah yeah so <laughs> of course it went really really smoothly on a 58 trod climb but at that time i think the hardest thing i had climbed outside was maybe a 510 still <laughs> and that was like two grades not below. even a year ago yeah but two grades below is like yeah and was it in eldo no, so this was actually in Tennessee. Oh, um, at, at the Red? Uh, no, in Foster Falls. Okay. Because it was one of the only trad climbs around except for T-Wall. But T-Wall was like a little intimidating to me because a lot of the climbs were a bit harder. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't want to get in over my head my first time. Yeah. Plus, I was teaching my friend how to trad climb when I barely knew how to trad climb. So we were kind of like learning together. Um <laughs> But we actually both led the 5-8 crack climb that day, which was really cool. Um, and so, yeah, now I'm climbing, like, 5-11s, 5-12s, um, but not on trad, on sport. But I can lead 5-10 trad, which is kind of cool. Yeah, 5-10 trad is, like, 5-12 sport. Yeah. Let's, let's just be real here. It's, I, I don't know. I feel this is, this is coming from I still call myself a Gumby. This is coming from a self-proclaimed Gumby, even though – I've actually done multi-pitch now and I like have all most of the gear. I still I still bum people's gree grease, <laughs> which I will today. Yes. Um, <laughs> in about okay. 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> but it's, you know, placing gear and all that is so mental. And so mm -hmm. if you can climb 510 trad, you can probably climb, well, you do climb 511, 512 sport. And that's badass. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've just been really, really dedicated over the last year and a half of climbing. And every, literally every single day that I walk into the gym, I think about freeing the nose. I'm like, I'm here for a specific purpose. I feel like it's my like mission in life to do that climb. So how many women have freed the nose? Um, I believe... And I could be wrong because I've sometimes it's not always that clear. Like I've tried to look it up several times and I know definitely Lynn Hill and Beth Rodden, but mm -hmm. I want to say maybe there was one other, but I can't quite remember. So either Harrington, two or three. Has Emily Harrington, Harrington done it? No. Okay. So either two or three. Okay. Um, so I'll be one of the first. Right. Which is really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I hope. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's probably going to take longer than you think. Right. Yeah, I've given myself several years just to train for it. Yeah. Um, and you got to do other big climbs too. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, so I never really put it out there. 
it was kind of just like people that were close to me and like kind of around the gym knew that that was my goal just mm-hmm. based because like people would just talk about it kind of yeah um and so anyway i have been just obsessed with yosemite since i saw valley uprising which is the whole reason i got yeah. into climbing yeah um but anyway so yeah i had never gone to yosemite until my birthday this past year yes october of 2020 and i finally made it there and uh i was able to get on el cap which is actually the one um i guess mountain i don't monolith (laughs) in the valley that i actually didn't think i would get on because the people that i was gonna be with it was all a little bit over our heads except for my friends tristan and brant um Mm. and so they offered to like take me on on El Cap mm-hmm. well mostly Brent <laughs> and yeah. uh and I en- ended up spending most of my time that trip on El Cap which was like crazy mm-hmm. and so we mind you there's also just to interrupt here there's not a lot of women <laughs> like climbing on El Cap yeah like it's a very off the top of my head I'm sure there. I mean there's more obviously but I just think of pros who are women mm-hmm. that are that are doing it. I don't know any like casual underground <laughs> women like yourself. Thanks. You're underground still. You won't be underground eventually, but um, <laughs> that are doing those sort of things. And so that gatekeeping of climbing, that that male dominated aspect, mm-hmm. right? We it gets talked about, right? Yeah. But it's not talked about. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. I like getting those skill sets as a woman in climbing mm -hmm. is exponentially harder. I feel. Yeah, it is. It's also really frustrating when I go to the gym and this has happened to me multiple times where like, I'll just have random guys. I don't know. Walk up to me and just be like, Oh, uh, this is how you do this climb. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I actually had someone do that to me in Nashville and I was warming up and I got on a climb that was like, I hadn't quite warmed up enough for yet. Mm-hmm. So I fell off like the last hold Yeah. and had a random guy walk up to me and be like, Oh yeah, this is how you do that. Climb. And I was like, actually this is one of my warm ups, but thank you. Yeah. Like <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So that gets frustrating. But yeah, the whole time that we were on an cap the entire month, I saw one other woman and her, I guess, husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, I believe doing, they were either doing Freerider or Golden Gate. I can't remember which one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she was the only other woman I saw. And Brent and I were the only two people freeing the moves on. Mm-hmm. Well, we got on Free Blast and we were on the nose mm-hmm. and freed all of Free Blast. And then, um, except for one pitch, I I drew marred because my fingertips were literally bleeding. And yeah. it was one of the hardest pitches on Free Blast. Yeah. And I had like five more pitches left and I was like, if I'm going to make it through this climb, I should probably not demolish my fingers right now. Right. So there, minus that one pitch, I freed every other move on mm-hmm. free blast. And then we freed up to sickle edge mm-hmm. on the nose. And we definitely got some looks because we were the only people doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so when we go back this spring, we decided we're going to free up to Dolt Tower. Um which I believe is like 10 pitches. Mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly which one it is, but it's probably about like the first thousand feet. Um, 
And so we're kind of breaking the project up into sections. Mm -hmm. And so I did, I put it out on Instagram uh, shortly after we got back from Yosemite. And I don't really know if anyone cares or read it or anything like that. But it was interesting putting that out into the world because I feel like that's kind of the thing with goals is sometimes it's intimidating to talk about them because once you're like, this is my goal, you're almost held accountable in a way. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I've had people close to me be like, so what happens if you don't do it? And I'm like, but I'm going to, in my head, it it is not a, what if it doesn't happen? It's not if it's when. It's when, yeah, because yeah. I'm like, I don't care if I have to work my whole life, I will do it. Yeah. That's my Everest. Yeah, right and now. Yeah, that's, but, and I, we've talked about this before, but, and I also haven't put this out there either. Only like a handful of people know, but the nose is just the beginning. Like that's right. like the hardest thing I could think of doing, but I will do that and then I'll go on to try even harder things eventually getting into alpinism. Yeah. Yeah. So wanna do an alpine con? I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, you and me. Yeah, yeah. 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 We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll figure out which yeah. one, what we'll, day. We'll, we'll <laughs> hop in the van, throw the rack in the back. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to go summit a mountain really summit, quickly. Summit a mountain real real quick. Wrap <laughs> off the back, come back down after like nine hours because my ass is slow as shit and all in a day's work really all, just, alpine start no day before start <laughs> yeah. that's what it's gonna be um but yeah so that is my goal and you know granted i know it's not the first time it's been done right but to me it's extremely significant and it's a small group of high caliber badass women yeah that when you do it you get to say you're a part of yeah yeah and so i want the whole thing documented from start to finish Mm -hmm. so literally since i started climbing i've started documenting Mm -hmm. and we also talked about this but i don't really have anyone to help me film it or anything like that so it's kind of up to me um so i've been trying to figure it out because i want the footage of us practicing like i don't even if it never goes anywhere, I want that for me. Like, I want to be able to, like, show my kids and grandkids that. Yeah, yeah. And I hope that I can be an inspiration to especially other women, but just people in general that, like, if you really want something, that you can do anything, even when everyone tells you you can't. Yeah, I mean, that's a, t- like, timeless reasoning for wanting to do it. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's even more badass, though, that just being in that upper echelon of like female climbing athletes like you'll put your name in that hat sort of thing yeah you know that's the badass part because as i said earlier like climbing so male dominated like white male dominated yeah and there's so much gatekeeping that like it's really fucking stupid honestly yeah and like the elitism like mm-hmm. like i ran into it when i first climbed in eldo the girl i was with who's a guide Mm-hmm. Like the first time she got taken to Eldo, like some older dude was just like, "Oh yeah, that's not even a hard climb." And I'm like, every climb in Eldo is hard. Every climb in Eldo is sandbagged. <laughs> yeah, sand. Like <laughs> they put we we were on Calypso. I told you we were on Calypso. It was five six, and the girl I was with was just like, her name's Amy, by the way. Uh, shout out Amy. Um, <laughs> she's like, just tell me what you think about this when you get down. Fell. 20 feet off the slab start 
on top rope, mind you, which is just hilarious to even say, but it <laughs> happened. And I it's scary when that happens. Yeah, too. it was. Oh, yeah. Well, because my dumb ass wants to avoid, you know, the initial slap, like crux of it. So, you know, in my crippled mindset, I'm like, I'm going to go way left. <laughs> and then I swam all the way right. Yeah. Um, but, she, you know, she's like, tell me what you think about this. Just in regards to sandbagging. We get down. I get down. I'm like, that's a five, nine crack climb arete thing yeah i was like i don't even know what that was she's like yeah i was like props to you for you know leading that sort of thing so yeah it can be scary for yeah. sure Eldo's sandbagged fuck eldo but i also really want to go back and shoot photos and climb really love it there but I, we should go next week <laughs> okay <laughs> if it's warm enough i think it's snowing yeah. tomorrow monday yeah no if it's warm enough I'm, I'm getting outside for sure yeah um but yeah i just i hope that I can inspire people along the way and I remember the first time that someone other than like my mom told me they believed in me that I could read the most yeah and it was shortly before I moved to Colorado so it was Mm -hmm. you know really recent Mm -hmm. um and I was driving out to the Obed in Tennessee with two of my friends Mm -hmm. and they were like you know I I think I had yeah just started leading trad one Mm -hmm. time and that trip, I top roped a 5.11 outside for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely made improvements <laughs> since then. But I remember. I would say. <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah. In the but, short span of time we've known each other. Yeah, that was only like, I don't know. That was less than a year ago. So going yeah. from top roping a 5.11A, struggling hard to now where I can like easily lead that is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and it was on that trip on the way out there. I told them, I was like, this is what I want to do. And my friend James was like, you can totally do it. Yeah. And I was like, you're the first person that said that to me. Yeah. And I think I'll always remember that. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's my goal. And this is the first time I've actually really said it well, out that loud. Was, that was my whole point of asking you. Because <laughs> I, I know you haven't really put it out there. But it just, it's good to put it into the universe and the vortex. Yeah. So to speak. I believe so too. Yeah. And there's one more thing I was going to ask. Should we go climbing? No? <laughs> yeah, we probably, we probably should. Probably should go, go get some caffeine and send the project. Some foods. Yeah. And send you a project. Well, yeah, that was my last question. But besides, should we go climb? What would you say your climbing style is? Because you and I have talked about this Tuesday. <laughs> oh my gosh. You yeah. don't like, you hate overhanging shit. I do not favor that at all, but I am so, well, I'm not so weak on it. I can, I can easily lead 511s on overhanging. Mm -hmm. It's just, I get super pumped and Mm -hmm. I haven't figured out like how to deal with that quite yet, but my favorite style of climbing is technical slabby climbing Mm -hmm. and crimpy holds, which I feel like my that's my style because my goal has been the nose and that's what you find on there yeah um and i love crack climbing which you also find on there too (laughs) so yeah yeah. if though if the nose was like really overhanging maybe i would like it more (laughs) yeah of course (laughs) of course yeah and you like slap too right i like well when we were climbing tuesday i threw my first heel hook ever they're so sick that was so sick and so (laughs) if i had to pick a style of climbing Anything with a bit of slab on it 
and then a rat. I've done like the highest I've done was a five ten a a rat out in Clear Creek. Mm-hmm. I did Edge of Time, which was really small holds, but because my core doesn't really function, I'm really only climbing with like my legs and my arms. Mm-hmm. I can't like do a lot of tension and like tension climbing, I guess. Yeah. So anything where I can suck my hips in is really good for me. And so, yeah, I would say probably a rets, like a rets with like cracks in them because Calypso, I definitely, I was like pretty stoked on. I was like, oh, that's a good crack kind of you follow the arete with the crack yeah i think that's definitely my style because i can pull Mm -hmm. and i don't have to rely on my midsection as much and then yeah slab with slab with good footholds as long as i have good Mm footholds my hands don't like i can climb less with my hands because my hands are pretty impacted by quadriplegia and all that so um like i my first five nine outdoors without any falls was sandstone slab down in Colorado Springs, and like I didn't really have to use my hands, and so I was like, okay, I think this is my style. <laughs> so anyway, um, I guess I'll wrap this up. Uh, let's go climb. Let's do it. Let's also go get food because I'm starving. Yeah, I'm getting hungry too. Before we go though. If people want to follow you and like keep up with you, where will they find you? Uh, you can find. Fo- let's plug the social. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can find my Instagram at paralyzed two t o peaks, and I post all my stuff there. Um, and I have a website called paralyzedpeaks.com, which isn't updated, which I still need to do and yeah reach out to me there yeah and i'll um put like your links in the show notes for this episode yeah too. yeah yeah, yeah. So. sounds like fun let's go climbing let's go climbing well that wraps up part two of jack's interview make sure to follow him on instagram and be sure to donate to paradox sports as well as the colorado healing fund And until next time, remember that adventure begins when you step into the unknown and stay bound for everywhere.